Welcome to Linda's Corner. My name is Linda Bjork, and today we're going to be talking about how misfortune and failure can lead to great success. And we're also going to be talking about using essential oils as part of our healthcare. I'm decided to welcome special guest Melody Watts from Meridian, Idaho. Melody went through a journey of self-discovery and healing following a perfect storm of malady, tragedy, and bad luck to become a super successful businesswoman who loves what she does. Now her mission is helping others find financial freedom through a more sustainable quality of life. You can reach Melody at her website, melodywatts.net, where she offers a free copy of her book, Stress and Essential Oils, and I'll include a link in the description. Welcome, Melody. I'm so glad you could join with me today. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here, Linda. I'm excited. I am so delighted to have you here. Now, before we get talking about all the things, I would really love to hear your story. You left this little tantalizing teaser about all these horrible things, Lyme disease and losing your mother and going through a divorce and then and on top of all that, having to go to jail. So I, I'm really curious how that all came to be. Yes. So about... Um, 20 years ago, I was going to school for health science and it wasn't very fulfilling. And about that time I came across um, somebody in the mall. It was a chiropractor and he was like recruiting me to be his friend's um, office manager. And so I, I went in and I became this office manager for this chiropractor and I learned so much about natural healing. And the big thing he would take me to seminars and I would learn about, you know, um, radiology and neurology. And, and then I would learn about marketing and all, all these things. And I was like, this education, like being taught by doctors who have been successful, this is so much better than college. I was like, I should be paying for this. Right. And it was like, it was being paid for. So I learned all this amazing stuff. And I remember one day I had hives, like I was like breaking out with this allergic reaction. And I told my doctor, I need to go home and take some Benadryl. And he says, do you think you have hives because you have a lack of Benadryl in your body? And like this light bulb went off and I was like, oh my gosh, no, like something must be causing it. And it had never occurred to me um, to look for the cause because we were, we were so programmed to believe you just take a drug when something's wrong, right? Like right. that is how society has programmed us. So we figured out what was causing the hives. It was, it was laundry detergent. It was like tied laundry detergent, um, which is like really toxic, right? And so when I went off the, the tide, my body um, didn't have hives anymore. And I was like, wow, imagine if everybody knew like that the body can heal if you give it the proper tools. So fast forward, 10 years later, I started having kids and my son had this cough and it wouldn't go away. It was, and, and I was really frustrated and I felt really helpless. So helpless, in fact, that I took him to the doctor and my kids were like born at home. They'd never had a drug. Everything was natural. They were like breastfed till they were two. And when I went to the doctor, they recommended allergy meds and steroids. And I was like, okay, but side effects. And do you know what's causing the cough? And they didn't know. They're like, no, sometimes kids just have this. They're born with it or whatever it develops or blah, blah, blah. And it, I was really unsatisfied with that answer. <laughs> I was like, because I had learned the body that made the body heals the body. It has this innate intelligence if you give it the proper tools. So I was really frustrated. I was like, so I was actually really upset that I didn't know what was causing this cough. Mm. And I didn't want, and I saw my nephew who had been on allergy meds and steroids. And I was like, I don't want that to be my son. That is like not a way to live life. If, if, you know, if you can give it, if there is an alternative. So I was like praying for this alternative and I came across Zotera essential oils and somebody told me to put them on his feet and my chest. And at this point I would have done anything. Like I would have done jumping jacks on my table. I would have, I would have tried anything. So I put 
I put it on his chest and his feet and he slept through the night without coughing. And I was like, wow. And then I gave it to my sister and she used it on my nephew and his oxygen saturation went from 86 to 110 minutes. And his oxygen saturation had never been above 96 since he was a baby. And he was at hundred percent saturation. He never went to another ER visit again after that. And so I got really passionate about teaching people how to use plant-based solutions in their home. And, um, and then shortly after I was diagnosed with Lyme disease and about this time, um, my then husband and I were struggling to make ends meet and, and I was doing real estate on the side. And it was around the time of the crash of 2008. Mm. And after the aftermath of the crash of 2008, it was about 2011. And this is when the government was like researching and holding people accountable. And, you know, like banks, banks were getting in trouble and people were getting in trouble. And they came and they knocked on my door. I was literally like nursing my nine month old. They knock on my door and they're like, this is actually, this was actually 2009. And it took two years for the whole process. So they knock on my door and they're like, hi, do you know why we're here? And I'm like, no. And they're like, well, it turns out you overstated your income on a home loan. Um, and we know that millions of Americans did this, but you are like a really high profile real estate agent. And we just, everyone wants to make an example out of you. Like totally blunt, like didn't even. Wow. They just even told you that home. straight out. huh? They were like, we're targeting. And I was like. Like I was freaking out. And so, um, of course, from that moment on, the next two years, it was like investigations and discovery and like you overstayed your income on this home loan and then and then it foreclosed and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't overstate my income. Like the bank told me this is how much money I was gonna make based on my real estate. And I gave them my tax returns and I gave them this, like, why, you know, why would they say I was lying? I didn't lie, the bank lied and like he filled out the application, right? And I'm freaking out. Well, it turns out it's not the bank's fault if you sign the application. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, turns out. Well, it actually just depends on who they're targeting. And in this case, they were targeting me, not the bank. Like in some cases, they targeted the bank. But in this case, they were targeting me. And um, everything the government does is super strategic. And they do it for a reason. And they they knew that that I was a good target. And they wanted to make an example out of people who overstate their income. And the only reason I didn't make that is because the market crashed. I had 20 million in real estate listings. And if they would have all sold, I would have made easily multiple six figures that year. Well, I only made, I think like 90,000 or a hundred thousand that year. Um, but the application was like 300,000. Right. And, and it was like the bank who coached me that they're like, yep, this is what we're going to put because you have this and home selling about 60 days and blah, blah, blah. It was like this, it was this whole thing, but the government didn't care about that. They were like, we don't care. <laughs> Like no emotion. I was like, but I have babies. They're like, we don't care. <laughs> it did not care. Okay. Um, and so I was like, can you give me probation? And they're like, we don't care. <laughs> so it was just like bad. So when I was sentenced, they actually based the sentencing guidelines on how much money the bank lost. Uh, and the bank lost um, a little over $300,000. It was a million dollar home that um, cut in value in about, it cut in value about half. So it went from being worth about 1.2 million to about 600,000 in like a matter of a few months. So I ended up having to um, pay the um, banks off. So I've paid them in full, like every last time, like they've been paid. Um, But I had to, um, I was sentenced to 15 months in a federal prison. And the day I was sentenced, 
uh, I was like really in shock. And then about an hour later, my husband told me he was leaving me. So it was like on the same day, on the same day, like within an hour of being sentenced, my husband, he was like waiting for me to be sentenced because I took the fall for, for the family. Like, even though we were both on the application, we decided to like have me be the one to take the fall so that he could continue doing real estate that he, you know, could provide for the family. And then I would be in trouble and I'd probably be less, less likely to go to jail. Cause I was the wife. Well, they didn't care about any of that. So he, he left me within an hour of, of me being sentenced. So I was like double in double shock. Oh, wow. So, so I go to prison. It's 10 hours away from my kids. Cause it's a federal prison, not a state. And I was really devastated. It was like the hardest thing I've ever been through in my life. But in that process, um, so a few miracles happened and I ended up getting out at seven and a half months and was able to be in a halfway house next to my kids. So I was able to see my kids a lot more, but that journey really helped me, um, discover a lot of things about myself. And I came out really strong. It made me really strong in my mind and really soft in my heart. That whole experience within a few months of getting out of prison, my mom died in a tragic car accident. And she was actually the, the number one caretaker for my kids because my ex-husband actually moved away wow. um, to a different state and left my kids there with my parents. So my, my kids had just really gone through a lot of loss and a lot of grief in a very short period of time at a very young age. So me just wanting to be a mother, you know, and not even, I didn't even want to work. I was having to work because we needed the money. And I was really devastated that my kids had to go through something like that. It was, it was really devastating for me. So, um, fast forward to when my kids were three and six. Now I'm out of prison and my kids are three and six. My mom dies in this car accident. I have nobody to watch my kids to go work. So I was dropping my daughter off at a daycare every day. And one day I picked her up and she'd been crying like the whole six or seven hours I was gone. Her oh. face was beat red from, from oh, crying. Dang. She'd just been bounced around too many times. And I remember picking her up and just looking at her face and, you know, just thinking she must've thought I was not coming back or, you know, like, I don't know what I was thinking, dropping her off at a daycare so I could go to work because emotionally it was not something she could handle. And so at that moment I decided there has got to be a way that I can work from home, be here with my kids and provide for them without being on government assistance and just be empowered. So I decided at that point I was not going to go to work that I was, I was going to work and start my own business. So I started teaching people about essential oils and plant-based solutions, even though I really didn't believe in network marketing. I really believed in empowering people with plant-based solutions. And I saw so many mothers so frustrated the same way that I was frustrated with earaches and sore throats and sleeplessness and, all in headaches and all the things that people just go through that makes them exhausted and overwhelmed and stress and anxiousness. And so I just started giving people essential oils to try and people were amazing results. And I thought I could really do something with this. And so, um, very quickly I was one of the top reps in the company and I was making six and seven figures. Um, and after that, I took my kids to Disneyland and rented a minivan. And I was like, this minivan rocks. When I get home, I am buying a luxury minivan. 
<laughs> Most people wouldn't think about the luxury and minivan in the same sentence. But for me, I was like, these doors, you push a button and they open up. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I just did those kind of things. Um, but along the way, it was so empowering to teach mothers how to become healers in their home and to be empowered with their healthcare instead of reliant on a sick care system that gets paid based on them continuing to be sick. So I really set out to change the world and the way that families take care of their health. And, and in the, in the process, I came across a few people like me that were health coaches or practitioners, and they decided that they wanted to be um, financially free as well. And so that leads me to today. And, you know, shortly after I um, got home and started my own business and um, helped my children really heal, um, I met my now husband and we've been married almost eight years and um, we just have the most incredible life because we have time freedom, we have financial freedom, and we were able to spend, you know, the first four years of our marriage trying to help our children heal from from divorce and from all of those things that, that come come along with divorce. So the one of the ways that we're giving back is we are building a beautiful retreat home right now and it's on horse property and we're going to do health retreats and um, just fun things for people and important to people that need to heal important to people that really want to become self-reliant, whether it's um, physically, mentally, emotionally, or financially, because we've been through it. We've been through a lot and we're able to show people how to do that. Yes, you have. You have been through the gamut of just all kinds of things with physical health issues and financial health issues and emotional health issues and with your children as well. And that's quite beautiful that you've been able to find solutions and that you're reaching out to help other people be able to find solutions. I love the idea of being able to help empower parents to be able to take better control of their their life. And I liked when you mentioned earlier, we have a, a system where we, we do what we do, whatever we do is normal. And whatever you've been raised with is normal, whatever you've been taught with is normal. And sometimes the idea of, of opening up just a little bit to see maybe a different perspective or a different option is just the right thing that we need in order to be able to become more self-reliant. So those are those are wonderful things. So can you tell us a little bit more about how you empower parents to be able to take better control? Yeah, the first thing that we really do is mindset. Like some people, they feel like they have to ask their doctor permission, um, you know, to try something or do something and or to try an essential oil. And um, it's it's quite funny. I actually have a story of a, of a gal who her child had an, a really bad ear infection and the, she was reacting really poorly to the antibiotics, like horrible allergic reaction. Her butt was like bleeding oh, from no. allergic reaction to the antibiotics. So like desperately, she's called me. She's like, I hear you're really good at like these childhood things. Can you help me? And it's really sad that mothers know how to take better care of their, their babies oftentimes than, than mainstream solutions. And so she comes over and the baby still was in pain, like the ears and stuff. And we were immediately able to get the baby out of pain just by using a few oils around this temporal bone and then oils on a cotton ball. And it just permeated. And the oils are so powerful. The chemistry is so powerful that it immediately targeted what needed to happen. And then from there, we made a little butt paste with shea butter and zinc oxide and some coconut oil and wax and essential oils like tea tree and lavender. And we put the butt paste on 
we address the baby's emotional stress. And so we put some really diluted oils right on the baby's belly to just help her calm down. And she called me the next day and she said, after we applied those oils, I had a completely different child. She went from screaming and being clingy to falling asleep and being happy and smiling. And she said in the next morning, her butt was completely, completely healed. And she said, when I called the doctor and told them about this bloody butt, they did, they gave me nothing. They're like, yeah, sometimes that happens with antibiotics. Mm -hmm. They had nothing to offer the baby as far as comfort or solutions. And as mothers to see your children suffer like that, nothing is more painful than watching your kids suffer. That's true. And and it was such a simple thing. It was like so simple. I spent maybe an hour or two with her. Um, and I didn't charge her $200, like, you know, the doctor visit. And I actually gave her real tangible solutions. And, um, and the most, the biggest impact for her was the emotional support. Her baby completely shifted emotionally after that. And she couldn't believe it. She was just like blown away. So these are the kind of tools that we're able to teach moms is really simple, affordable solutions. I mean, we probably use less than $3 worth of essential oils. Like it was like a drop, you know, behind the ear and on a cotton ball. And, um, it's just was, was, was really, really empowering to see that. So those are the kind of tools that we use. Um, another example of, of a tool that we use that I actually is my story. Um, my daughter used to get really emotional between transitions between homes. And I remember one day we were watching like home videos and she just started crying and she was like maybe four and she was just crying and crying and crying and she wouldn't stop crying because she'd watch these home videos of her mom and her dad and, you know, and her as a baby. And, um, I put, um, a little drop of a very specific blend on her heart and within 30 seconds she had stopped crying. And I was like, Oh, that's a coincidence. She was probably just done crying. <laughs> and then the next time it happened, same thing, heart, you know, next transition, She's so crying. And I was like, maybe it is the oils. <laughs> and then I had my own experience where there was one morning, it was pretty shortly after my mother had passed. And I just couldn't get out of bed. I was just really um sad and overwhelmed. And and, and I didn't have the energy to get out of bed. And and mentally I was just like, whoa. I was just sad. And um I thought I didn't acknowledge that it was that it was sadness. I was like, my hormones are probably off. <laughs> oh, I was kind of raised like as a very, like you get up and you go, you, you do the work. You don't have time to feel sorry for yourself type of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I was just raised with kind of this work ethic. And so I didn't even occur to me that it was my emotions. <laughs> and, um, so I was like, I bet it's my hormones. And so I grabbed some oils. I grabbed fennel actually. Cause I was like, I heard fennel is good for hormones. And I put a couple drops under my tongue and after that, I had like this clarity all of a sudden. And I was like, and I looked at, there's this book called Emotions and Essential Oils. And I looked at fennel, the emotion. I was like, maybe it is emotional. And I looked at it and it talked about being overwhelmed and burdened with life's responsibilities and feeling like life's too much. And all of a sudden that overwhelmed feeling lifted. And I knew why I was sad. And I was sad because my mother passed away and I was sad because my, I didn't feel very connected to my kids because I was working so much. And so then I went and I grabbed myrrh essential oil, which is the oil of maternal connection where there's been maternal disruptions. I had certainly had that both ways with my mother and with my kids. And I put myrrh on my heart and I thought, oh my gosh, I just need to connect with my kids and I'm not going to be sad anymore. And I 
started connecting with them. And it wasn't in this way that I thought it was going to. I was like, oh, I'm going to like coddle them and, you know, be all nurturing. And what I ended up doing was just having fun with them and playing and giggling and just having fun. And it, it turns out that's the connection we needed. It wasn't the, it wasn't the coddling. It was like, they just needed to have fun with their mom. And after that experience, I knew the power that these essential oils have, not just physically, but emotionally. And I was blown away. And I thought, how many moms are out there overwhelmed and sad and anxious um, with depressive feelings? Like how many of them out there just need to have that shift, that really specific shift where these oils actually have frequency in them. They have a frequency, they have an earth frequency, they have a plant frequency to them. And they actually go in and can shift emotional tones in the body because emotion is energy in motion. So when we have those types of emotions and we're able to put on a frequency that our cells can absorb, it actually is like a conduit, almost like acupuncture for the emotion to release. And so that is another example of how we empower people. Uh, The third way that we empower people is through environmentally. People are consuming a lot of toxins. So whether that's um, the number one toxin people consume right now is herbicides and pesticides. It is so toxic to the nervous system. It is so toxic to the digestive system. It disconnects people. It ruins their immune systems. It leaches, it chelates minerals out of their bodies. Um, and it, it literally destroys, um, it destroys their immune systems and they don't realize it because the EPA has said it's totally safe. So that's literally the number one toxin people use around their homes and in their neighborhoods. People worry about GMO food. Like you are getting so many more toxins from your yard and from your neighbors than you are from your GMO food. Mm. It is ridiculous. The amount that you're getting, you're getting like trace amounts in your food. (laughs) This is like, you're full on getting the full amount. And so that's the number one toxin. So I teach people how to use oils environmentally for their weeds, for pest control, for their skincare, um, for the deodorant. Um, I get cleaners out of their home, like bleach, um, interferes with iodine absorption, you know, thyroid medication is the number one um, medication prescribed in the United States. People are just using chemicals that ruin their thyroid. So I teach people how to get the chemicals out of their home and use cheaper, safer more effective solutions. Cause automatically when it's cheaper, you think like, Oh, it's probably not going to work as good. Right. But then people like, I used that on guard on my stainless steel and it worked better than the cleaner. <laughs> I used like a drop. It sparkles now. And I'm like, yeah, and it's probably healthy for you to like breathe that in because they're antioxidants. Whereas the chemicals are like free radical damage. Like they, they still receptor sites, everything you consume on your skin, that you breathe in, that you eat, and everything you consume in your mind. So even like social media, everything you consume affects your health and your DNA. It tells your DNA how to behave. And so I've made it a point not to consume social media first thing in the morning because I don't want um, my DNA to be told things are scary, you're not safe, um, conflict, chaos. Because when you're consuming stuff like that, that's what you're telling your DNA. And so then you go into survival mode. You go into fear-based. You go into focusing on yourself instead of others. And so I tell everything, everything you consume from your mind to what you breathe in, to what you put on your skin, to what you to what you eat, tells your body how to behave. And so we want to constantly be telling our body and ourselves how to behave healthy. And the cool thing about essential oils is at their core, when you're using pure essential oils, don't use like the grocery store brand and, and the fly-by-nighters that have come up to like make a buck online. Use the ones that have dedicated their lives to pure essential oils. Use those type of companies. That's why I chose doTERRA. But at their core, essential oils turn off bad DNA 
and turn on good DNA. That is what they do. So like frankincense destroys mutated cells. Frankincense also helps replicate healthy cells. So it's just, we at, at their core, they just do amazing things. And the cool thing is, is they're right outside our door. Like they're in nature. Doterra actually means gift of the earth. Oh, that's and lovely. it's truly like this gift that we have. And if you look at the chemistry and essential oils, like you put them under a microscope, they're full of chemical constituents with structure and organization. It's not just like some random whatever, like they actually make like these six chain molecules. And that's what makes menthol. It's like, oh my gosh, the earth already created menthol for us. Why are we using synthetic menthol? You know? So it's just, um, it, it's give people that mindset to show people. Um, we teach them like you actually have these amazing tools right at your fingertips. You don't have to rely on a sick care system and just the shift in empowering people here. It changes their entire life. It not only helps them take care of their family's healthcare, but it changes the way they interact with their relationships. It changes the way that they're able to make money. It changes the way um, that they're self-reliant. It changes the way that they go from fear to faith. It, it changes everything when you're able to take care of your family's health care yourself. That is so beautiful. I love how you combine the physical and the emotional and all of the pieces. Sometimes we have a tendency to try to separate those like they don't touch in a little bento box where you keep your physical here and your mental here and your emotional here. But the truth is it is all interconnected. And all the things you talk about, about helping put things into that, out of that fear-based, into that faith-based, or out of our sympathetic nervous system into our parasympathetic nervous system, our bodies are designed to heal themselves. But we, when we're in that, that fight or flight mode, then it shuts those systems off. So helping people to be able to calm down and have a mindset that we are, even when we go to doctors, they don't fix us. They help our bodies to be able to fix itself. And that's, I think that's beautiful, that change of mindset. I love it. Yeah. And, and obviously like emergencies, this doesn't, I'm not talking about emergencies, <laughs> like for going sure. to the hospital if you're having an emergency, you know, for but, sure. um, but yeah, just for everyday health concerns, it's so important to have the knowledge. Knowledge is power. Knowledge will set you free. The truth will set you free. And we've been lied to it for a really long time about what health is and what health isn't. And, um, that it doesn't matter what you eat and you know, those kind of things. It's just, so it's about just taking the veil of like, um, of lies and just seeing the truth for what it is. Wow. That's interesting. So what is health to you when you say that health is a lie, what they're saying, health is a lie? Well, you know, they, they're talking a lot about, um, the immune system. A lot of people out there are saying, you know, this is the only thing that can, that can curb, um, you know, a pandemic. And, by all means, if you're, if, if you're, if you're feeling sick, go to the doctor because sickness is not an event. Health is not an event. But if you want to, if you want what, if you look at the germ theory, the germ theory says this, if you're exposed to germs, you get sick, but they found out that that's not the truth. They found out that germs only thrive in a good host. So how do you become a bad host for germs? Well, you have a really strong immune system. You have adequate vitamin D levels. You take care of yourself emotionally. You manage your stress levels. You manage your inflammatory um, markers in your body. You do everything you can to be a bad host for bad pathogens. Because the truth is, is there are 
millions of viruses out there circulating all the time. It's part of our ecosystem. And viruses mutate when they find a good host. And so what, what's not being talked about right now is how to become a bad host for pathogens. And one of the ways you become a good host for pathogen is toxins, because if you have a high toxic load, your mitochondria can't deal with viruses. And so a, a, one of the biggest ways that we help people's immune systems be stronger is to remove toxins from their environment and from their body and also um, mentally, because just everything is frequency. Viruses have a frequency. Your cells have a frequency based on what you're consuming. So if you have a really negative toxic attitude or disposition, you will be a really good host for pathogens. If you live in a place of fear, like fungus will thrive. Like if you live in a place of anger and frustration, viruses will thrive. They, they just, that, that's just the nature of frequency. So when you really understand that, that everything is energy, um, your body will take care of things. That's why so many children, um, they have asymptomatic symptoms because their bodies have less toxins and they're dealing with less stressors, some of them. And so their bodies just take care of it. It just, the, the mitochondria knows how to deal with um, threats if you give it the right tools. So that's not being talked about at all. That information is being completely suppressed. In fact, the WHO just changed the definition of herd immunity. What is it it's now? Not, well, herd immunity used to be like natural immunity, um, which gives you lifelong immunity to certain pathogens. Well, they changed it to immunizations is what causes herd immunity. And the truth is that herd immunity is only as long as, as the immunization lasts. Um, if you're not getting your boosters and stuff like that. But if somebody has the measles, they have lifelong immunity. That's herd immunity. That's the, the herd immunity is based, the original definition is based on the wild natural virus. So if somebody's worried about pathogens out there, the best thing they can do is not be in a place of fear. The best thing they can do is be empowered. Get your vitamins, manage your stress, lose weight, um, remove toxins, you know, like, um, deal with unhealthy relationships and get enough sunshine, get enough exercise. Like, you know, that's the best way they can do it. And, and that's just not being talked about because that's empowering. Right. And the sick care system does not make money off of empowered, healthy people. They do not, they make money if you stay sick. And so that, that to me is, the, is the big lie right now. Like I said, if you're the place where you haven't done any of that and your body is like sick and you get something, yeah, you're going to have to go to the hospital and you're going to need like life-saving measures and thank goodness for that. But the idea is we want to really empower people with their health before they come in contact with a life-threatening anything, you know? Right. And to be that healthy person where when you encounter some bacteria or virus or whatever, that your body can, can fight it. And it's, it's yeah. not a like you say, it's, you're not a, a good host for that. And it's like, oh, yeah. I'm going to move to a, a, an easier target. Yeah. And the other lie is that my immune system is other people's responsibility. Like other people need to be, you know, immunized. Other people need to wear masks so that my immune system can be strong. And that's just completely innately against the reality of what is the facts, which is your immune system is your responsibility. Now, if you, there's a, there's a rare percent of the population population that they are susceptible due to genetics or, you know, they already have cancer or, um, you know, they're obese right now and they should stay home until they can get their, their vessel 
in a healthy space, right? But to like have healthy people stay home, like never in the world have we had healthy people stay home for a a virus that has a 99% survival rate. So it's just a really like, it's just a, to me, it's just all a big, you know, big, like fear based tactic and people don't, shouldn't be living in fear. That's the worst thing you can do for the immune system. Literally. It it, it is actually, because that again, shuts off your immune system. So we don't want that. Well, thank you for all the things that you've shared. I really appreciate your insight and your experiences. This is, this has been amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's been a pleasure. In closing, I'd like to share a quote by Richard Schultz. He said, natural healing is about taking control of your life and being responsible for everything that goes in and out of your body, mind, and spirit. Today, I invite you to accept responsibility for your body, mind, and spirit, and to do at least one thing that helps you take control of your life. See you next time on Linda's Corner.